0: the scripture for this morning's message is 2nd Peter chapter 1 verses 1 and 2 if you're using one of the church bibles it's page 1225 the title of the message is experiencing more of God's grace and peace the two verses we're going to look at this morning are Peter's greeting to the recipients of his letter but this is not a a simple greeting like, you know, dear readers, I hope this letter finds you well. No, Peter packs a lot of spiritual truth into his greeting. Right from his first words. Peter's introducing us to some of the themes that will be discussed in his letter. So, let's look together at 2 Peter chapter 1, verses one And two, I invite you to stand for the reading of God's Word. Simeon Peter, the slave and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have received the same kind of faith as ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the full knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Let's pause for prayer. Oh God, there is so much in these verses for us to see. God, please open our eyes. We know, God, that spiritual things must be spiritually discerned. So God, we must have the help of your Holy Spirit to teach us. Please do it today. God, make my words clear May I speak only that which you would have to be spoken. God, may it come forth clearly and powerfully to transform us in the way we think, in the way we speak, in the way we live. Oh God, do a great work in the preaching of your word today. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Baptist preacher Rolf Bernard said, most people use God like a milk cow for what they can get without regard for who He is. To say it another way, we want more from God, but we don't necessarily want more of God. R.T. Kendall helps us to see the difference. Wanting more from God is to use him to accomplish your goals. Wanting more of God is to desire him for who he is in himself. Wanting more from God places the focus on yourself. Wanting more of God means getting to know who he is. Wanting more from God is to dignify your agenda. Wanting more of God is to dignify His will. People who want more from God, more money, more health, more earthly pleasures, those people are out of luck. God is not a genie in a bottle. But people who want more of God will find that they also get more from God. Oh, not more money. No, no, no. People who want more of God get something from God far more valuable than money. They get his grace and peace. More of God's grace for every need. More of God's peace for every circumstance ask yourself a question. Why do some Christians seem to experience more of the grace and peace of God than others? Oh, you've known people. God was just seemed to be such a reality in their everyday experience. I mean, God wasn't an idea or a concept or just something they believed, something we learned about from the Bible, but he was a reality in their life. They, they experienced the grace and peace of God in their life. You've seen people like that who experienced that more than you did. Why? Well, it, it's, it's not because they long to get more from God. No, it's because they long to have more of God. Let me say it this way. A greater greater experience of God's grace and peace comes from pursuing a greater relationship with God. To say it another way, as you grow to know God more, you will grow to experience and enjoy His grace and peace more. What these two verses teach us this morning is this. While all believers are spiritually equal, an increased knowledge of God leads to an increased experience of His grace and peace. Let me say that again. While all believers are spiritually equal, an increased knowledge of God leads to an increased experience of god's grace and peace so the question this morning is this do you truly desire more of god i'm not just asking you if you want more of god's blessings i'm not asking if you want more from god Do, do you want to experience more of god more of his grace in ever-increasing measure, more of His peace as a greater reality in your daily life. That's exactly what Peter desires for those who are reading his letter. And in his words, we're going to discover how we can experience more of God's grace and peace. There are two spiritual realities taught to us in these verses. We see the first one in verse number 1. And here it is. All believers are spiritually equal before God. Now, let me make sure you don't misunderstand me. I don't mean all believers are at the same level of spiritual maturity. Obviously, we know that's not true. Some Christians are far more mature spiritually than others. What I mean when I say all believers are spiritually equal before God is... Spiritually, all believers have the same standing with God. You'll understand more as we go along. Peter begins his letter by introducing himself. A slave and an apostle of Jesus Christ. When Peter calls himself a slave, what he's saying is he is totally owned by and devoted to Jesus. Now, we may think of slave as a demeaning title. It's not. People in the Old Testament like Moses and Samuel and David were referred to by the same title. What it means is, Peter's saying, I'm not acting on my own behalf. I am owned by and serving the purpose of my master Jesus. And when he calls himself an apostle, what that means is, Peter was specifically chosen and appointed by Jesus himself. All of the apostles, there were only a limited number, and they were called apostles because Jesus himself specifically appointed them. What Peter's doing here, he's establishing his authority. He is in the service of the Master, he was commissioned by Jesus himself. And it's important he establishes his authority right at the beginning so that those who read this letter will take his message seriously. You with me? So he's writing as a servant an apostle of Jesus who has been chosen and commissioned by him. Now after he identifies himself, he identifies the recipients of his letter. He is writing to those Who have received the same kind of faith as ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. There are three things in those words that emphasize the spiritual equality of all believers. Here's the first thing I want you to see. All believers have received faith. You notice what it says. To those who have received the same kind of faith. Now, faith here is being used in the the sense of the ability to trust and believe Jesus for salvation. Saving faith. All believers have received faith. Sometimes the word received is translated obtained. Received really is a better translation because if we say all believers have obtained faith, that could give the idea that we obtained it by our own works. It's not what he's saying. Let me read you what one Bible commentator said. In this sentence, the point of the word received is that faith has come to them from God with no cooperation on their part. When he says you've received faith, what he's telling us is the ability to trust Christ for salvation does not come from within you. It is a gift given to you. Philippians 1.29 For to you it has been granted for Christ's sake not only to believe in Him, but to suffer for His sake. Did you catch that? He says to the Christians in Philippi, to you it has been granted to believe in Jesus. What Peter's doing here, he's identifying his readers as Christians. People whose eyes God has opened to the truth of the gospel. People who God has enabled or empowered to believe. Let me give you another verse, 2 Corinthians 4, 6. For God who said light shall shine out of darkness is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Now, what Paul's doing in that verse, he refers to the truth about who Jesus is as the light. He calls it the light. And what he's saying is, God is the one who shown in our hearts to see the light. To see the reality of who Jesus is. In other words, God is the one who is responsible for them seeing and believing the truth about Jesus. Now the second thing I want you to see in verse 1 is this. This is another way the verse emphasizes the spiritual quality of all believers. All believers have received faith of the same kind, it says to those who have received the same kind of faith as ours. It means faith of the same quality or faith that has the same value. The King James says, a like precious faith. In other words, a faith that is just as valuable, just as precious as our faith. But who is ours? He said, you've received... The same kind of faith as we have. But who is we? Who is he referring to? Remember, Peter has just referred to himself as an apostle. And now he tells the believers, you have received the gift of faith. And the faith you have received is of the same quality, of the same value as the faith of the apostles. Wow. Wow. What that means is your faith is of the same quality as that of the apostles. In other words, it gives you the same standing before God as the apostles. Now think about this. The gift of faith that you've been given is the exact same gift that was given to the apostle Peter. You with me? God enabled Peter to believe in Jesus the same way he did you. He gave Peter the gift of faith the same way he's given you. And because the gift of faith that he gave the apostles is the same gift he gave to you and I, our faith accomplishes no less for us than Peter's faith did for him. Are you with me? It's the same gift. It's the same faith. It accomplishes the same thing. The third thing in verse 1 that emphasizes the spiritual equality of all believers is the reality that all believers have received the gift of faith by the righteousness of Jesus. Notice how verse 1 ends. You receive the gift of saving faith by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. Now, let me make sure you don't miss this. It's not by the righteousness of our God and our Savior Jesus Christ, referring to two separate people. No, it's our God and Savior Jesus Christ. Here, Peter is calling Jesus God and Savior. In other words, you've been given the gift of faith based on the righteousness of Christ. Here's the point. Anyone... Who has received the gift of salvation by faith in Jesus Christ. Received it as a result of the righteousness of Christ. Why is it that you and I can be given salvation as a gift? Because Christ purchased it. He paid for it. He earned it. On our behalf. Listen, it's not like the apostles earned their gift of faith, but you and I had to be given it. You understand? It's not like they they were good enough, they could earn their faith, but you and I not. No. All of us received the gift of faith based on the righteousness of Jesus. All faith was bought and paid for by Christ. There are none righteous apart from Jesus. The only reason anybody's saved is because of the righteousness of Jesus. Jesus, though he was righteous, took on our guilt so that we, though we were guilty, could take on his righteousness. That's exactly what 2 Corinthians 5.21 says. God made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Now, I want you to follow me. Okay, all believers have received saving faith as a gift. The faith of all believers is of the same quality. The same privileges and benefits of saving faith extend to everyone who believes. And the gift of saving faith is given as a result of Jesus' righteousness, not our own. What does all that mean? All believers are spiritually equal before God. All believers have the same standing in God's sight. Let me say it this way. There are no second class citizens in God's kingdom. It's not like a health insurance company. They have the bronze plan and the silver plan and the gold plan. The, bl- the bronze plan is just 80-20 major medical with a $5,000 deductible. If you step up to the silver plan, it's only a $3,000 deductible and it has a $25 office visit copay. If you step up to the gold, it has a $1,000 deductible, a $25 office visit copay, and it has dental and vision coverage. Your benefit depends on what level you're at. Well, the kingdom doesn't work that way. Salvation doesn't come in levels. What am I saying? No one is more saved than anybody else, it doesn't matter if you're an apostle appointed by Jesus himself or a poor believer in the jungles of Africa, you share the same honor and privileges that saving faith in Jesus affords. The same. All believers have equal standing before God because we're all standing in Christ's righteousness, not our own. Does that make sense? Galatians 3.28, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free man. There is neither male nor female. You are all one in Christ Jesus. Nobody is more saved than anybody else. There are no degrees of salvation. Like there's some first class Christians and some second class Christians and some third class Christians. No, no, no. If you're saved, you're just as saved as the Apostle Paul was. If that's true, and it is, then why do some believers seem to experience more of God's grace and peace than other believers do? The answer is found in the second spiritual reality that's taught in these verses. All believers can experience more grace and peace. Verse 2. There are two things that I want to focus on in this verse. Here's the first thing I need you to see. The possibility of increased grace and peace. There is the possibility that you could experience an increase in grace and peace. Peter is expressing his desire for his readers in verse 2. He's telling them what he wants for them. He says, grace and peace be multiplied to you grace is god's undeserved favor in other words it's god's goodness shown to those who don't deserve it god's peace can refer to peace with god or peace from god now as believers we are recipients of god's grace and his peace right our salvation is a result of God's grace. Ephesians 2.8, by grace are you saved. But a result of our salvation by grace is that we have peace with God. Romans chapter 5 verse 1, Therefore, having been justified by faith, you have peace with God. So in one sense, grace and peace are an unchanging reality in the believer's life. We stand in God's grace and peace that will not change. But I want you to notice what the verse says. Peter speaks of grace and peace being multiplied. Do you catch that? Grace and peace are unchanging realities in the believer's life, but what isn't unchanging is our experience of grace and peace john piper explains it like this he does not mean that god is variable as if he were a gracious god some days and not others nor does he mean that the objective status of peace between us and god comes and goes If we stand in the unshakable grace of God, and if we are reconciled to God in unchangeable peace, then what is multiplied to us is an increased and deepened experience of grace and peace in serenity, strength, and sweetness. In other words... You stand in the grace and peace of God. That doesn't change. But what can change is the level to which you experience the reality of grace and peace in your daily existence. Now, God's grace comes to the believer in countless ways beyond just saving grace. In trying times, God's grace takes the form of patient endurance. In times of hurt and pain, God's grace takes the form of comfort. In times of temptation, God's grace takes the form of strength to withstand the enemy. In times of lack, God's grace takes the form of provision and contentment. See, God's grace is His provision meeting us at the point of need. God's grace is His goodness meeting us at the point of need. Listen, God's grace is the source of your abilities by which you're able to serve God and serve others. God's grace is the source of wisdom and direction when you're facing decisions. God's grace comes to you in a million ways. And your experience of that grace ebbs and flows. God's peace is calmness and serenity of soul. God's peace is the reassurance God gives you when trouble comes to visit. God's peace is the knowledge and feeling that everything's going to be okay, even when it doesn't look like everything's going to be okay. God's peace is what sustains the widow when she stands over the casket of her husband. God's peace is what enables a church to face an uncertain future without fear or anxiety. Listen, the grace and peace of God can never be exhausted. You do understand that. You can never receive all the grace and peace that God has available. Why? Because God's grace and peace exist in unlimited quantities. They're infinite. There is always more of God's grace to be received. There is always more of God's peace to be experienced. There is always more of God's grace to be enjoyed. In the reality of your daily existence. There's always more of God's peace. For every situation. The question is. How do you experience more of God's grace and peace? Well the answer lies in the second thing I want to show you in verse 2. We saw the possibility of increased grace and peace. Now I want to show you the source of increased grace and peace. How is grace and peace going to be multiplied to you? Look what it says in the verse 2. In the full knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Now the word knowledge is important. But the legacy standard Bible, which I'm using, and the one that's in your pews says the full knowledge. And it, 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 it goes beyond just having information to ex- knowing something by experience. Sometimes we talk about coming to know Jesus. What do we mean? Well, we mean someone has entered into a relationship with Jesus. We don't mean they got some information about Jesus. When we say you came to know Jesus, we mean you you came to experience Him in a personal way as Lord and Savior. And that's more than just acknowledging certain facts about Jesus, although it's not less than that. Knowledge begins with recognizing and accepting the truth, the facts, but it extends to experiencing the reality of that truth in our lives. When he says here, you, grace and peace are multiplied to you in the knowledge of God, He means as you come to know and experience the reality of who God is. Grace and peace are multiplied. In other words, our experience of God's grace increases as our knowledge of the Father and Son increases. Now let me make sure you know what I'm not saying. I am not saying God will give you more grace and peace as you grow to know him more. That is not what I'm saying. That is not what the scripture is saying. Rather, as we grow in the knowledge of God, not just informationally, but experientially, as we grow in the knowledge of God, our capacity... To receive and experience. God's grace and peace expands. I can't drive. 500 miles on a single tank of gas. Why? Is it because the gas station. Doesn't have enough gas for me to drive. 500 miles. No. The gas station has enough gas for me to drive. 5,000 miles. What's the problem? My tank won't hold enough gas for me to drive 500 miles. The problem is not the supply of gas. It's the capacity of my gas tank. The problem is never God's supply of grace and peace. The problem is only and always our capacity to receive it and enjoy it problem is not that God doesn't have more grace and peace to fill you the problem is your cup's too small and as you grow in the knowledge of God your cup gets bigger right you're able to experience and receive more of it Romans chapter 12, verse 2, a verse most of you know, says, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay? As you grow in the knowledge of the truth, your mind begins to be renewed. Okay? It's through the knowledge of the truth that God straightens out our thinking. Does that make sense? Then... As your thinking gets in line with God's Word, your living gets in line with God's Word. That's what it means. You're transformed by the renewing of your mind. As you start to think right, you start to live right. That's growing spiritually. Begins with learning the truth, and then God uses that to transform your life. You're becoming more like Jesus. And the way you think, and the way you speak, and the way you live, that's a picture of growing in the knowledge of God. You're not just learning more about God. We're experiencing more of the reality of God in our lives as he transforms us into the image of his son. As that happens, as we grow in that kind of knowledge, as we grow to know God deeper that way, our capacity to experience and enjoy God's grace and peace increases. No one who has ever walked the earth has enjoyed more of the grace and peace of God than Jesus did. He was at one with God at all times. What I'm telling you is this, the more you come to know Jesus, the more you will experience God's grace the way he did. The more you come to know Jesus, the more you will experience the peace of God the way he did. When I was Younger, I did not like classical music. I'd make fun of those opera singers. You know, the, the big fat guys with the Viking helmet? Figaro! I, you know, you'd mock that kind of... I had absolutely no appreciation whatsoever for classical music. But when I got older, I started to sing some myself. As I grew as a singer, I recognized the abilities and limitations of my own singing voice. And the more I realized that, the more I recognized the incredible talent of classically trained singers like my favorite Andrea Bocelli. The more I learned about music, And learned about singing. And learned about the voice. The more my knowledge and experience of music increased. The more my ability to appreciate and enjoy classical music increased. You understand? Listen. The more you grow in the knowledge of God. The more you will grow in your capacity to enjoy the grace and peace of God. Listen, it comes down to this. If you truly want more of God's grace and peace, seek to know Him more. You don't get more from God by seeking more from God. You get more from God by seeking more of God. So you go to the place where you discover a greater knowledge of God. Where is that? The Bible. You read it. Then you pause to think carefully about what you read. What is this telling me about God? What is this telling me about myself? What is this telling me about my relationship with God? Listen, take the preaching of the Word of God seriously. Too many folks sit in pews... They sit through the preaching and they've heard a lot of sermons, but they don't really tune in. They're not really seeking to absorb it. They're just going through the motions. Listen, when you come, absorb the truth of God you're being taught and go home and meditate on it and pray that what you're learning will transform you, will become a reality in your experience. And as that happens as more of your own time in the Word, as more of sitting under the preaching of the Word, as more of the knowledge of God begins to get in you, the more God will use that to transform you, the more you'll grow in the experience of God. And as that happens, you'll discover that your ability to experience and enjoy the grace and peace of God has expanded Why do some Christians experience more of God's grace and peace than others? It's not because they have a higher standing with God. We're all spiritually equal with God. They have a deeper experience of God's grace and peace because they have a deeper knowledge of God. They experience the grace and peace of God in a way you don't because they have a knowledge of God that you don't. While all believers are spiritually equal, an increased knowledge of God leads to an increased experience of his grace and peace. Listen, God has more grace than you can possibly receive. There's more grace to strengthen you in the face of temptation. There's more grace to equip you to serve meaningfully in the kingdom of God. There's more grace to help kill the sin in your life. There's more grace to help you navigate all the decisions you have to make in life. Listen, there's more grace to meet you at the point of your need. And God has more peace than you could possibly receive. There's more peace to quieten your heart in the face of turmoil at home or at work. There's more peace to calm your soul in a world that is consumed by conflict. There's more peace to reassure you in the face of an uncertain future. There's more peace for every circumstance. Would you like to experience more of God's grace and peace this year? You can. You can. All you have to do to enjoy God more is know God more by your heads.